good because, you know, it was, if you didn't want to grow, you know, there's 28 people. So there's bound to be some people who don't want to do certain things, but there was always at least one who was down for the ride. So you never were alone. You say, oh, let's, you know, there's a cheap ticket to this city. You know, there was always someone to go with. Um, and traveling internationally while also being international was a challenge. So I began to learn, pick up on different things about airports and recognizing that even though you don't know the language, a lot of airports are built very similar. So even though you don't know the language, I can still get around even to this day, just about any airport, because a lot of them have the same messaging, the same signs, the same signals, just in a different language. Welcome to Travel Tuesday's Happy Hour, where we interview dope people doing dope things from around the world. Today, I have the beautiful guest. Can you please introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Chantel. Uh, I work currently for the federal government um, in budget as an analyst, and I love to travel whenever I'm not doing that. <laughs> so what got you into traveling in the first place? You know, the first time I ever went outside of the country, actually, I was an undergrad, and I got an offer to study abroad. So... Mm. I immediately said no, because being a, a, a girl, uh, only child from Detroit, inner city, you know, that's just not something you do. Just take off and go to, to Europe for a summer or something it, without your parents, without your family. But I actually it was my mom who mm. talked to me into it. Um, you know, she had me when she was 16 and she never had really gone anywhere because she had me and those responsibilities. And she was like, if you don't take advantage of this, you are crazy. So um, I ended up going, actually ended up getting a scholarship. So money wasn't an option. I went, had a ball. Mine was just blown with how much I learned and how much I grew in just that summer. Um, because it's reading things in a book and seeing things on TV and then experiencing them for yourself. Right. And ever since then, uh, I think it was when I was 20 years old and studied abroad in undergrad, I was hooked at any time I could go somewhere and get somewhere, especially as, as far as I could, I was ready to go. So, <laughs> so that's, you know, that's, so a lot of people undergrad don't really get these opportunities. Right. Um, I think um, I, I wish I had better grades than I would have done a study abroad. Um, but I, I think that's, you know, not necessarily a cheat code, but that's a, a decent way to go about it because it's in a safe manner it's in a controlled mm -hmm. environment and you're learning cultures while still getting an education. And while you're out there, you're kind of bouncing around different countries um, oh, yeah. because it's kind of part of your stay type of scenario. Um, exactly. And so you're killing what multiple birds with one stone. Um, what did you like <laughs> most about that experience? What I liked most actually is that we went as a group. So it was a group of 28 students and we actually took two faculty members with us. So even though it was a totally different country and different experience, I didn't feel alone. Mm -hmm. And that was for my first time traveling abroad, that was crucial uh, because being a natural introvert, I felt like I probably would have stayed in my room or kind of just went to certain locations that I deemed were safe had I not had that group influence to um, go places and do things I normally would not have done had it not been for 27 other people saying, let's go do this. So that was, that was probably the most beneficial part of that. And where did you go? 
So we went to Brighton, England, which is about 45 minute train ride outside of London. Okay. Uh, but it's so centrally located that we were able to kind of hop around Europe on the weekends when we weren't in class because, you know, he throw us right up the street and it was so easy to get to multiple countries and multiple cities for, you know, easy jets, like hundred bucks. So <laughs> we were gone like every weekend somewhere different. And every time it's like, with Europe being so much smaller than the U.S., it's like in two hours, you could be in a totally different country. Um, you know, you don't even get to take a nap good on the plane and you're landing in a different country, different language, different food. And so that was that was awesome. So in that experience, what would you say was the where did you visit, by the way? I mean, I'm assuming France is probably one of the places you we, went. We did go to Paris. We went to um, London, obviously. We went to Rome. Um, went to the Netherlands. So we saw Amsterdam, Holland, and Leiden. Um, As a 20-year-old in Holland and in Amsterdam. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. You work for the government. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. Uh, (laughs) um, So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. Yeah, no. So so it was was good because, you know, it was, if you didn't want to grow, you know, there's 28 people. So there's bound to be some people who don't want to do certain things, but there was always at least one who was down for the ride. So you never were alone. You say, oh, let's, you know, there's a cheap ticket to this city. You know, there was always someone to go with. Um, And traveling internationally while also being international was a challenge. So I began to learn, pick up on different things about airports and recognizing that even though you don't know the language, a lot of airports are built very similar. Mm -hmm. So even though you don't know the language, I can still get around even to this day, just about any airport because a lot of them have the same messaging, the same signs, the same signals, just in a different language. So having to go to all those airports in a short amount of time kind of got me used to um, used to the way to travel to the point where if I had to do it by myself, which I do a lot, I'm not afraid. Like I don't speak the language, but I know exactly where I'm going in every airport for some reason. So, Got it. Got it. So um, I, I lost track of thought. Um, so yeah, so that's cool. So like as as a student traveling abroad for, for education, like did that change your perspective on things? Right. So like, I want to take it a couple steps back. So from Detroit, where did you go to school? Like undergraduate? I went to Michigan state university. in East Okay. Lansing. So from Detroit to London, to Europe, what was that like the difference, right? Because you're going from, so in Detroit, did you go to like a PWI, a mixed school or all black school? I went to all black high school. And then you went to Michigan State, you said? Yes. So PWI. Exactly. So what was that experience like, like jumping into that world? It was, it was difficult at first mm-hmm. um, because there was a learning curve that I wasn't expecting. Okay. Um, in high school, I was, you know, at the top of my class, perfect 4.0, lots of scholarships and, you know, the works. And when I got to undergrad, I realized that in some certain cases I was ahead, but in many cases I was behind, especially mm-hmm. in like math. And I didn't realize it would be that sort of learning curve because all my grades have always been good. Right. So it was it was more of um, me having to play catch up when I didn't think I would need to do that. And so that first year was the big transition for me coming from being a top student to almost at the bottom of my class and having to pull myself back up. It, it really took a mental toll on me that year. So, so what year did you choose to say, you know what, I'm going to take on this opportunity and go to Europe? 
It was at the end of my second year okay. after I felt like I had risen to the standards that I wanted. I set for myself. And also I, I felt like I could take on that extra responsibility because even though we went with two instructors from university, they still kind of taught us the European way, which is a lot of writing, 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 not multiple choice. So Repetition. I, exactly. So it, I, I needed a certain confidence before I could go to feel good about myself. And so that's why that first year when opportunities came, I didn't take them at first. Uh, but then at the end of that second year, I felt like, OK, I, I think I can do this. So. so Detroit, young, young, beautiful young girl coming out of Detroit experiencing Europe for the first time, mm -hmm. like, did you come back like different? Having seen like more than just Michigan? Absolutely. And, and that's why one of the biggest things I tell young people to this day is to get what I call out of your own backyard. Because before I went there, I compared everything to myself. Well, this mm -hmm. is the way I've been taught. This is the way I've lived. And you sometimes you really have to get out of your own backyard and see how other people live to realize you're not the center of the universe. Shocker. <laughs> um, and, you know, just from the different foods and the different way of life, like me living in Detroit, the Motor City, I'd never really walked anywhere. <laughs> and mm. so being in Europe with no car, everyone taking the train and people, you know, walking around like that was the first time in my life I actually lost weight. But mm. it was, I didn't join a gym. It was just the lifestyle changed. The food was different. The culture was different. The language was the same. So that kind of helped. Mm -hmm. But it was, I think I matured more in that three months than I had in years nice. um, because I had to, you know, a lot so, of things. No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say some of the things that tripped us up when we first got there was that, um, I don't want to say that American ignorance of thinking our way is better and everyone else is backward. Um, so we kind of got rid of that very quickly, <laughs> very quickly. So is this something that you would recommend most students think about as they, you know, think about going to college, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, kind of weird for the 2020, 21, 22 kids, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when things get to a new norm, is that something you would recommend them do? Just take the opportunity? Because, you know, it sounds like it, it changed your view in life. I absolutely would recommend it if you could. And they, like I said, I found scholarships and, and ways to get there. There are people willing to help um, if money is an issue. But I, I would recommend everyone to take this experience. Not only are you taking credits and classes anyway, but it's certain things that you cannot learn about in a book or watching a movie. You just, you have to be there. You have to experience it. And the more you know, the more you grow type of thing. Mm -hmm. And the more you get used to the fact that you are not it and you're not <laughs> that exceptional, I, th I think it will definitely help you and hum humble you later in life. I absolutely would recommend that. That's dope. Well, it was fun. <laughs> exactly. So what keeps you traveling? Like what excites you about preparing for that next trip? Like at least prior to COVID. <laughs> prior to COVID, it was, it's, that's my, one of my forms of therapy for me. Um, I, I look forward to all aspects of it. even the getting up early in the morning, the packing, the, you know, going to the airport. It's, it's, because I know I have an anticipation that I'm going to do something awesome. Mm -hmm. And also with traveling, you know, 
like I said, I'm an introvert. So sometimes at home, I don't tend to go out and do as much because I kind of right. see like, seem like I've seen, I've been there. I've done that. When you go into a new place, you do almost everything on the list because you think, I don't know when I'm going to come back here. Right, right. So I'm my most extroverted self on vacation because I have to be. I don't know when I'm going to be in this city or this country again. So I'm doing everything. And, you know, that's what excites me. It's just the adventure, the the ups and downs, but mostly the ups, meeting mm-hmm. new people, you know. Are you typically a solo traveler or you like rather go with groups? I used to more so go as a couple. Um okay. Even if it's just me and my partner or me and a friend, at least if it was two people, I've done solo trips, but only within the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have a travel group that I travel with uh, pretty, pretty often. So not as big as when I studied abroad, but at least, you know, eight to ten people or so. OK, so um, we mentioned you coming out of Detroit, going to a big city, big school. Right. Mm-hmm. And then going to Europe. Um do you recall like, and then now when you travel, um, looking back, did you, do, have you ever recalled being looked at different or being treated different um, because of your skin tone, because being a woman, um, because today, as you can see what's going on here in the United States, mm-hmm. because of our, our, our skin color or our history, um, yeah. African-Americans are just treated like crap. Let's just put it out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, have you ever kind of experienced experienced this overtly or just directly while traveling? I I have, unfortunately, not as often as I thought I would, but mm-hmm. I, I actually have. Um, is one particular instance when I was studying abroad in London, and a friend of mine, uh, we were just walking up and down the street because that's how we, you know, got to see places and do videos and things. And a car kind of came to a slow roll and we looked over and they started making monkey sounds at us. Wow. And at first I thought they were going to ask us something because they were slowing down. I'm like, please don't ask me where to go because I don't know where we're going. And they just started making monkey sounds. It's almost like we froze because we didn't. That's just not something you expect. Like as a woman, you would kind of expect cat calling or something. Mm-hmm. But that it was almost like, what do we do? And I guess that we were all, all we were also like naive. Because I was like, this, I understand this happening back home, but it wasn't something I expected there because it's so diverse and everyone, for the most part, seems so nice. So that was kind of something that stuck out to us. Like, uh, you know, very ignorant people everywhere, you know. So you mentioned traveling in, in pairs. Um, have you ever felt as a woman being unsafe while traveling internationally? Like, um, I had another guest that felt, um, you know, in certain countries in Europe, the woman was is over sexualized to the point where it's mm-hmm. it's like it's blatant you yeah. know what I mean? there were two specific instances one in europe was in rome in italy mm. um and the other probably most aggressive was when we were in uh, rio de janeiro brazil mm. um the cat calling there was kind of the worst that i've ever witnessed and it in researching before i went i knew that okay um about both about both or just no not about italy that was a shock but but in brazil i knew and it was very much you know just kind of ignore it but this will happen but 
I guess the aggressiveness of it, I didn't expect because I was with a man and with a very large man at that. So <laughs> the fact that they were still doing it, 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 it didn't seem to deter them at all. And it was, even though I couldn't understand Portuguese, mm-hmm. it was, it was very clear that what they were saying was not something that I would want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just grabbing your arm, if they want to talk to you, it, it was very overtly aggressive. And like I said, you can read about it and people warn you about it. You know, you go to different travel websites and that's one of the things they say, but it, it still was a shock experience. And it definitely was. And then about Italy, is, was that like subtle or was that like an overt type of disrespect? That, that wasn't as overt as Brazil mm-hmm. because they try to romanticize it a little bit. Like you should almost be flattered, <laughs> but it wasn't flattering, but it, it definitely wasn't as as out there as Brazil was, but it was more of, it, it started off with the romantic size of it. And if you didn't fall for that, then it got a little more aggressive. aggressive. Like, hey, I'm being nice to you. You should, you know. Well, it's it's, it's a, <laughs> in a different language of, hey, beautiful, what you doing? And then the guy starts saying, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so they just, they just get a lot more vulgar with, with getting your attention. Um, so, so yeah, so, I mean, is there a way in, and in, in, you know, um, we're all on social media and we just see the glitz and glamour of some of these countries. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. is, is there a, a woman's guide to understanding how things work in th- certain countries? Because not, because like, you don't expect to go to Rome and feels feel overly sexualized right mm-hmm. and i think the umbrella is it's a it's a it's a romantic country mm-hmm. so the they're they're naturally friendly right? right um and so it's it's is is there a situation where like going into looking about a country that you could be like look ladies these guys are romantic they'll talk <laughs> nice and sweet to you but there's a dark side right. because i think other there probably will be other people beyond be after you that are like, I didn't know this about this country. And now I don't want to generalize it and make it seem like it's everyone exactly. in the country. Exactly. But just like you knew it was possible in, in Brazil, is it not something that we advertise about the other countries? Cause like, um, you know, one of my guests mentioned it, it happened to her in Greece, right? Mm. You're mm-hmm. mentioning it in Rome and, yeah um rome and brazil and so it, it's one of those things where um and was this more recent or was this like sometime like when you were in brazil in- was recent uh rome was uh when i studied abroad undergrad okay okay yeah because yeah, it's because it's like the world's becoming more and more um not female friendly unfortunately um yeah. to the point where you know agent orange says and does things that other people think it's okay um it's becoming normalized yeah right it's becoming normalized so um so yeah so i mean anything else that you've you've experienced that you may want to let people know like hey you know i mean one of the things that i noticed um and it wasn't just our treatment it was just the treatment within the country was in morocco right how they how northern moroccans treat the sub-saharans like Mm -hmm. second-class citizens Mm-hmm. Um, and it all has to do with their skin and that where they come from, not necessarily the color of their skin. Right. Um, and then two, um, they try to brush it off like, oh no, we we're, we live peacefully together. 
but you can clearly see the separation. Exactly. Um, so yeah, like an so, ass system. Yeah. 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 So um, that's crazy. So where were you when like COVID hit? Like, you know, you were on a Caribbean cruise somewhere or <laughs> you were just back you, home just chilling? You know, funny because I found a good deal on a flight to Austin, Texas, and I'd never been. And I took a solo trip. Um, I, I looked for people. No, number one rule, if you can't find someone to go with, go by yourself. Uh, no one wanted to go. And something told me to go because I was going to wait till summer. And something mm-hmm. said, let's just go now. So I went. Weather was beautiful. Found the Pitbull concert going on. Got nice. a ticket at the last minute. Partying by myself. You know, had a ball. I was coming home. And this was late February. And I noticed the airport were doing some... I want to say extra things, you know, like they, I saw a guy kind of building like hand sanitizing stations. And I'm like, that's cool. I thought it was just for general use. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And I see a few more people wearing masks that are coming from internationally, Mm. national travel. I'm like, you know, I really didn't think anything of it more than that. It's just like, as soon as I landed, everything hit the fan. Wow. And, you know, within two weeks we were in full lockdown. Um, like I said, I work a nine to five that can easily be done online. So thankfully, we just got our laptops and went home. And I've been working from home since March 13th. Oh, wow. So I have not been in the office once except to exchange my laptop because the battery like blew up on me. But <laughs> other than that, you know, I've been home ever since, you know. Wow, that's crazy. Because like I was actually, um, I learned about it um, on a cruise ship. Um, and we, the only reason we learned about it was because that cruise ship that was stuck in Asia or oh. something like that, or, and mind you, we're literally at the beginning, like the boat leaves and then on the news, it's like, yeah, cruise ship stopped because of coronavirus and this, that, and the other. And we're like, hold up, they let <laughs> us take off and there's this coronavirus thing going on. Like what's going on? And, um, you know, um, my mom always say, just watch and pray. So, you know, we just pray for safe passage. And it wasn't until we got back. I mean, well, even when we got back from the show, I got back to 20th and then went to Nor- um, North Carolina for CIAAs, went to Houston for the weekend. <laughs> then Houston was the last exact trip before they were like, yeah, we're not letting nobody go anywhere. And wow. so at that point, I was just like, oh, I got every, I got some of the stuff that I wanted to get out because exactly. I had a trip to Haiti at the end of the month. I had a trip to, um, I had a trip to Costa Rica in August. I had a trip to um, Puerto Rico in October. I had a trip to St. Lucia <laughs> and Trinidad in, in September. So, you know, me, I'm like, all right, but um out of tragedy come come gifts and, and, and assessments of yourself and what's going on. Like, did you right. learn anything about yourself during this time? I did. And one of the things I learned was sometimes escapism doesn't have to mean you getting on a plane and going to another country. Mm. If you feel overworked, anxiety, and you need that escapism, my, my answer used to be, I'm getting on a plane, I'm going somewhere, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes you just have to get out of your own head. That could be, I'm taking off work for a few days. I'm going to do some writing. I'm going to read on my patio. I'm going to maybe go to an Airbnb that's up the street, but it's still out of my home. So I can, you know, get some perspective. 
you don't always have to go away if you can't in times like this, but if, if you need a mental break. And that was one of the things I had to learn because I also had a trip for June that was going to Bali and Singapore with mm, my travel. Nice. And so I was like, that's usually my like unwind times. So I was like, what am I going to do? You know, I don't have anywhere to go. And it's like, you have to make adjustments. You know? And life comes at you fast. You just have to make adjustments and you can still get away without going on the other side of the world. But, you know, one is so more. How fun. are you? So how are you adjusting to the new norm? Like, Things are slowly opening up. Are you this introvert now wanting to be an extrovert or you're like still like, nah, I'm gonna stay home, do kickbacks and keep it safe. Exactly. I have not been inside of a restaurant to eat since mid-March. Wow. I truly social distance. I, I want no parts of, you know, some of these things are opening up fine. I think at a good pace. And luckily I've been in, I live in Michigan. I live in a state where I think our government, our governor is phenomenal And, you know, she wasn't easily intimidated and to open up early. She, you know, kept our numbers as as best she could. If there was any place I could be in the U.S., I I would love to be. I'm glad I'm here. So I don't um, I don't do too many (laughs) get togethers. It's just not now, at least. (laughs) No, (laughs) but um, thank goodness for technology, because I can pretty much still see anyone I want to see, just maybe not in person. And I've right. definitely been more on the FaceTime, Zoom, Microsoft Teams sort of train um, and do drive-by parties. <laughs> Drive- <laughs> in the I don't understand those. <laughs> drive-by party, you get in a car, you just drive by and wave. We, d- You know, I, I thought it was weird too, but my grandmother had a birthday in April and, you know, we all did like a parade. We put balloons on our cars and drove around the block a few times and waved and that seemed to just like make her day so I was like it's a few minutes for us but it means the world to her and you know it could be hard not having you know people around like I live alone so that could take a mental toll on you not having that constant camaraderie that you normally will have at least in the office so you know you got to get creative (laughs) yeah like my dad lives with me and um we did a don't rush challenge together (laughs) Uh, <laughs> um, for, I think it was Easter, and yeah. uh, I was like, "Hey, let's get dressed. It's Easter." Got him his favorite meal from one of the restaurants, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Yo, just get dapper. I get dapper. We just do it." Um, and then we just did a whole photo shoot of him. Just you know, it, this was the first time. Like, so he would typically go to a senior center, and mm-hmm. all those centers shut down, um, and then friend after friend after friend are passing away because of this COVID thing. Mm -hmm. Um, He just started to go deeper and deeper into like, I don't say depression, but like seclusion, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, And so I just like, look, what you like me being his caretaker, I I try to make sure he doesn't eat certain things. Like what you want? He's like, I want fried fish. (laughs) I want plantains, all this stuff. Right. So I was like, you know what? (laughs) <laughs> Easter, I've been t- you've been doing well, so let's get you this. But he ate it all in one sitting. Nice a photo shoot. He's like, yo, <laughs> I want you to send this photo to this person. And so you know, we 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 took advantage of the opportunity to mm-hmm. really like make moments. You know what I mean? Exactly. And um, that's also how I started doing this. You know, um, you know when you can't travel and all you can do is like, you know, you can't see the people you normally travel with. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't meet new people to travel with. I just started, you know what, let me interview some dope travelers. Like, let me get some of their stories on 
how they got started, what keeps them interested in traveling and getting some information about them, like around the current events. Cause you know, um, we are kind of forced to be reflective at during this time. Mm-hmm. And, um, what you, what you, I'm a strong believer of how we come out of this is really going to be determined of how we were during it. And, um, you know, I'm just using my platform to, you know, showcase dope people that, you know, may not be able to do it themselves or just, you know, aren't really that out there to talk about themselves that much. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. Your story is super dope to the point where like, yo, like I got introduced for a Detroit kid going to Europe, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, how many kids grew up where you grew up, really got to see off their block? You know, exactly. and I mean, let's not even say neighborhood or backyard. Some kids don't get to see their past their block if they're not going to or from school. So um, that's definitely encouraging. Um, so with that said, as far as travel goes, like before COVID, mm-hmm. like what were your like, what would have been a tip for somebody that would like, let's say you talk to a Detroit kid, you know, that went to your high school, you were you were asked to go back to school and be like, you know, travel is important. These are some things that you should think about mm-hmm. before travel, right? What would some, like, give me like maybe three or four tips that you would give them. Number one, get a passport. You know, you have no idea how many people are so ready to go and they don't have well, a passport. Well, let's, so, so you gotta keep in mind baby steps, right? So depending on the neighborhood you, you grew up in, right? Exactly. A photo ID can get you to Miami, can get you to Jersey, can get you right. to New York City, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like, yeah. well, no, that's know. why, no, that's why I put that first because I first okay. ask them, do you have a passport? Mm-hmm. And they'll say the same thing you have. No, I, I never needed one, you know, yeah. even for certain cruise ships, enhanced ID is enough. Right. So I say before you plan anything, before you buy anything, <laughs> get that $140 or whatever it is now. And get it. Oh, well, get that. <laughs> and get your passport. And not only is it just something you need to have, but once you get it, it actually makes you want to go somewhere because Mm -hmm. when you get something new, you want to use it or you want to wear it or whatever it is. So getting that passport is you looking at it every day. It's like, I want to go somewhere now. (laughs) So that's number one, first and foremost. Um, But let's say you've booked a trip and you're ready to go and all of this. I would go as a federal employee. I've been trained to go to like the state department's website and kind of look at different threat levels of different countries, vaccinations that you may want to get before you go. Um, what are some tips that they would give you traveling, whether you're traveling alone or in a group to a certain country? I would take heed of that because usually the government knows things that may not be as widely known as, yeah. as public. Also, um, you can subscribe to notifications. So yes, they will send you email notifications when different threat levels or different mm-hmm. information is, is, is released so that you know whether or not to, to, to go or not. Yeah. And the CDC also will, the Center for Disease Control also, you can sign up for alerts. So if there's any outbreaks or anything in that country, you will know and, you know, take precautions or whatever. Um, but also something I started doing even in meantime, in between travels is you make taking advantage of YouTube. Like there are so many people who like to document their travels, whether it's videos, pictures. Some people will literally have a camera on all day and everything they do, 
their recording, yeah. you know, so, so check that out, see how people live, see how people travel, see, you know, any special circumstances. I, I will straight up Google traveling to X country while black and see, mm. <laughs> see the experience because unfortunately we have unique experiences that other people do, don't have. Yeah. Even I was traveling just to African <laughs> yeah. I was, just, I was just telling somebody that it would be dope to have an international green book. Green book. Exactly. You know, and you and, should make and, it. Tony, Tony, uh, I got to hit a couple more countries to complete that, but I'm, I'm with it. I'm, you you got to help me out. You got, you yeah, got the I resources, will. you know, the people, you know, where all the embassies are. So all I need to know <laughs> is reach out to reach out to you. Be like, look, um, going to Qatar. Who do I need to talk to? Exactly. You know Tony I mean? Morrison said, if the book you want isn't written, you got to write it. So exactly. And, and, <laughs> and I think that's, that's still, and it, that's kind of why I ask a tip at the end of each episode, towards the end of each episode, because everyone has a different perspective. That's also why I asked you, what was your perspective after going to Europe while in college, right? Mm -hmm. Because your typical college kid don't think it's affordable to go to, to go on a trip, even across the pond, right? Right. Um, all they know is Miami, Miami for um, spring break, Vegas. or <laughs> Vegas, or, you know, some of these other, like Mexico, and that's mm -hmm. cool, but, you know, going to Ghana, Egypt, mm -hmm. Morocco, um, uh, South Africa, you know, like mm -hmm. a lot of these different places where, you know, it's not the United States, but it's a different experience. You know, exactly. like I've been fortunate enough to, to have visited Africa about five times now. So I'm like... Nice. Yeah. And, but I'm still excited to go back. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm excited to go to Europe. I have, I have yet to been to London. So that's kind of like on my list of places to oh, go yeah. as well. Um, so what has been your like top five countries to visit? <sighs> countries. Um, or cities. I mean, you, yeah. you can, your I, top I five places to visit. Number one is going to sound cliche, but it is Paris, France. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is cliche, but it, I love it. It's so beautiful. I love the food. I love the history. Um, I'm a history buff and a nerd. So just all the historical buildings and museums. I just, I loved it. Um, number two would be Dubai. Mm. Um, I just... Something's it's, usually I don't go for the flashy richness, but I was feeling it like oh, really? I feel like I was living my best life there. So, what is Dubai like? Is it um rich? No, <laughs> is it a affordable trip or is that like a splurge trip? You can make it affordable, okay? Um, it's kind of like Vegas in a way where you can ball out or you can make it as affordable as you want. Got it. And there's kind of a, a somewhat of a package for everybody. Got it. Um, we did not do the affordable package, but that was our like once in a lifetime, we're going to splurge type trip. We weren't looking for the cheapest hotel or the best deal. We we're looking to have, you know, the time of our lives. So it, 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 wherever, wherever you want to go price point, you can go there. They just want you to come. So, <laughs> um, but it, it was very flashy, very glitzy glamour. I mean, I loved it. And so the so the 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 interesting story I heard was that's probably one of the only Muslim countries that they actually like drink. Yes. 
they do drink, but I did not see a lot of locals drinking. Right. So they allow it, um, but I wouldn't get too carried away and I would still be respectful. You know, if you're around people and no one else is drinking but you, I wouldn't do it. You see what I mean? (laughs) They probably won't say anything to you if they see that you're a tourist or hear the accent. But I I would be mindful and respectful of your surroundings. Gotcha. I would say that. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm 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 all about making it back <laughs> home. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no problem. So I interrupted. So it was Paris, it was Dubai. What else? Believe it or not, it's still region real de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro. Still. Gotcha. Besides the aggressiveness, mm-hmm. it's a party city. It's like New York, but they speak Portuguese. I'm sorry, it's like New Orleans, but they mm. speak Portuguese. They have this um they have this square called Lapa, which reminds you of um, Bourbon Street. Mm. It's essentially Bourbon Street, but they're speaking Portuguese. Wow. Like that, we party from the time we landed to the time we left. The beach, every, it was just, it's a party. You know, and we loved it besides the... So you you're know. this introvert that goes across the world to be an extrovert. That's all right. Nobody knows me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that any time. I'll take that any time. When you look, once you go outside of your home, hey, look, I could be a different. My name is Jasmine for all we know. It, there you right? go. I can't give away my fake name, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, um, so. Let's see. That was number three. Number four, I would probably say is... Um, it was Morocco, specifically Fez, yeah. little lesser known city, but um, I loved everything about it and the culture and the people and the food was amazing. And even though Casablanca and Marrakesh get all of the glory, which they kind of deserve, but Fez just stuck out to me um, a lot. That, that was the birth, your birthday weekend? Was it your birthday? No, it wasn't my birthday weekend. It was somebody else's birthday. It was mine. <laughs> okay. Oh, it was mine and somebody else's birthday. I can't remember yeah. who else's birthday it was. Out to eat nice. That that's what I remember is the food being awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and number I think that was number four, right? I think number five would probably be London. Mm. Um, again, lots of history, lots of culture, but it's also party central um so if you want to do the history and the cultural thing and take all the tours during the day you can but at night if you're a partier i'm not really a partier but i'm a people watcher mm. and you'll never be bored going out in london in the summer at night so you just find yourself a nice a nice chair in catacombs <laughs> and, and a drink and, just, and yeah. just enjoy it. <laughs> have a nice bottle of wine sitting at the table just just eating a baguette and watching people move around. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. And so, um, do you still have countries that's on, like, places that are on your oh. bucket list? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Like what? Yeah. Actually, Singapore was one of those. That's why I was so mm. excited to go this summer before it got postponed uh, because of COVID. Um, but ever since I saw Crazy Rich Asians, I was like, I want to go to Singapore. <laughs> Listen, I was about to say the same thing. I was like, yo, Crazy Rich Asians really made me like, all right, I need to figure out a way to make it to Singapore. Exactly. Because it like, I like that combo, Bali, Singapore. 
I would have mm-hmm. done like Japan, China, Singapore, Bali, and then like found my way across. But exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, my thing is like if I make it that way, I mm-hmm. might as well like just go all out. You know? Oh, what absolutely. I mean? Like yeah. going back and forth to like that part of the world. It's, it's a pain. Old. It's like a 20-something <laughs> hour flight. Yeah. And you lose what? You lose a day. You lose a day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. I look, great minds think alike, you know. Yeah, you go. <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. You're you've been living under a rock. <laughs> but um, but I, I really want to thank you. I mean, what do you have going on? Um, you did start a new page, right? I did start a new oh, page because my page. my current page is locked. So okay. I, I started another page that sometimes I post on that's open to everybody. But okay. my I don't have my social media open because I'm just private, introverted, gotcha. weird. Gotcha. So. <laughs> so what do you have going on that people might want to check out? Um, nothing right now. Um, I just joined uh, actually a new group called the Black Girls Social Club. And mm-hmm. so they're starting to open one, open one up in every major city. It's just a way for us to kind of socialize in a safe space, um, mostly career oriented people, but who like to hang out. Um, I don't do as much hanging out because of COVID, but that's usually where I am with the group. Yeah. Well, I really want to say I'm honored to have you on the show. I hope Thank it wasn't you. as nerve wracking as most people think it is. No. Um, Oh no! And, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I really appreciate it. I mean, we had a blast in Morocco, um, yes. and so I yes. figured, you know what? She got, she probably have stories. It's the yes. quiet one that got all the stories. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the quiet one that has all, all the stories. But oh. I do want to say thank you for jumping on. Um, I am honored that you are willing to share your story with me no and allowing me to share it with the rest of the world. So. Um, <laughs>